If you've heard of games like Trek to Yumi, Enter the Gungeon and Cult of the Lamb, you've likely heard of Devolver Digital. Uh, they've come with a great, really great reputation of, of just finding these amazing indie games that we've got. And we're lucky enough today here at PAX to be speaking to Graeme Struthers, one of the co-founders of Devolver Digital. Thank you so much for taking some time to have okay. a chat with us. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction, that was lovely. That's all right. I, I, I do try sometimes. I do. I must admit, I do have it written down pretty light and day on here, so that's, that's me. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like I said, Devolver's had quite an incredible track record with, uh, with getting games out and really interesting games with different art styles, different play styles. What would you say is like the, the way you find these titles? Because like, it's very, very interesting. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the, if you look at the games we publish, oftentimes you'll find those are developers we've been working with for multiple years. Mm -hmm. So actually, from the outside looking in, you might think that we are going in a certain direction, but actually we're following the direction of the developers. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, for example, Free Lives, first game we did with those guys was Broforce. Mm -hmm. They then followed that with Genital Jousting. They then followed that with um, Gorn, which was a VR game. Then they moved on to Cricket Through the Ages, which was a mobile game. And then they come back towards, like, you know, we've got Anger Foot and Terra Nil. So actually, it's the, in, in many regards, it's the developers, we're following them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think the persistent theme with games that we're involved in is that for us anyway, we just think they're very playable, very easy to understand. You pick up the controller, you actually kind of instantly know what you're here for and what you're going to be doing. So, yeah. And that, that's, that was leading to my next question here, because like the overarching philosophy seems to be with Devolver, you're there for the devs. Like, yeah. it, it, and it really shows in the work that the devs put out, because they bring these amazing titles. And I was in your panel yesterday that you did with uh, How to Pitch to Devolver, and with the, the, the three devs and yourself um, there, but so there was Massive Monster, yeah. um, sorry, I have and All Possible Futures. All possible futures. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember a stat that you pulled out in there that since 2009, when you started, you, you've published 97 games Correct. and got 28 in development, yes. which, which um, it, it kind of like averages out to about four a year, yeah. um, which doesn't seem like a huge amount, but I guess it's quality over quantity for you guys. Yeah, and we've, I think we've now, we, we seem to settle around about 10 to 12 new games each year. That seems to be our rhythm, mm -hmm. and that seems to be enough because um, you know, you've got to be able to focus on every single one yeah. and give them the attention they all deserve. So we feel that that's about the right level for us. And the, you know, if you've got 12 games coming out in any given year, you've probably got another 20 plus in development. Mm -hmm. So behind the scenes, the producers are working on three or four projects at one time. And again, we feel that that's the right balance. If we do too much, we're going to lose you know, the focus, which mm. would not be right. That, that's right, yeah, if you can focus on the in, indie devs themselves and help them make the best product that, they, yeah. that they've got, then that works out for everybody in the end. Um, I did want to uh, check with you, what's sort of the biggest gamble that you've taken game-wise? Because oh, wow. I, I remember in, in, the, in the panel yesterday, you, you spoke about, about pitching the right game to the right, the right publisher. Right publisher, yeah. Um, so is there a game that, that Devolver have published that, you, that was sort oh, of yeah. not quite a Devolver game? Well, the one that was the biggest risk for both the developer and us was Fall Guys, because we'd never been, in, we'd never been involved in a, an online multiplayer game that was going to be a live ops game. Yeah. That was something we'd never even contemplated. Yeah. And it was huge. And it was huge. Yeah. And, and Mediatonic, the developer, were taking on, you know, a really ballsy project. 
So I feel like we were we were both right for each other because they were taking a huge risk as a studio and we were taking a huge risk as a publisher. And we were kind of learning that game on the job, you know, and, and obviously it blew up. And when it did, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I remember launch weekend for that and like yeah. trying to get on and how they were just massively Sorry trying to spin up more. So, yeah. No, 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 look, it, it's kind of, it's a problem that you want to have as a, as a dev, isn't it? And a publisher yeah. to see a game that, that's so big like that, that you need to spin up so many extra servers Indeed, to be able yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that, I guess that would have been our biggest risk because we were stepping into an area that we didn't really feel we had a lot of expertise. Mm. We had to learn that on the job. Yeah. So what, what sort of things came out of that that made it different to... Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, it's 24-7. And so as the game was taking off, you know, the success in China, Japan, here in Australia, like time difference wise, as you mentioned, spinning up servers, but also just coping with the player balancing. I, you know, like if, if you've got like a lot of people jumping on here and they're matching into people who are playing in Europe, you just have all these latency issues. Everything just comes at once. Yeah. I mean, that game went from zero to, I don't know, about 30 million people oh, yes. in around about 48 hours, mm. 15 or so. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, so some pretty good lessons learned there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go back a bit and talk about the history of Devolver Digital, sure. if I can now. So, um, in the research I was doing before our, our interview here, I I've came across um, two other companies that a lot of the co-founders of Devolver Devol Devol Digital. In. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they 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 sort of still had that same philosophy of, yeah. of devs first, but. Um, they were bought out and eventually kind of absorbed into bigger yes. entities later on down the track. And Devolver's been going for what, 2009, so that's 23 years. Oh no, no, we are, we we started in 2009. Yeah. So we are into year 13 now. 13? Oh, sorry, my math. Uh, yeah, it's sorry, okay. I'm only 10 years off with math. Was yeah. 10 years? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so what, and Devolver has outlived the, the lifespan of those companies. Yeah. What kind of makes the setup of Devolver different to the other uh, two companies? It's, it's really easy, digital. Yeah, yeah because in the, in, in the days of physical goods, so you, you, you'd fund all the money to make the video game, which might take two, three years, but when you got to the point of wanting to release the game, you had to then find more money to get into physical goods, to then build stock, ship all over the world and then you had to wait for the retailers to pay you mm. so it, it changed the whole when it went to digital first and foremost the business model shifted overnight you know steam brought in 70 percent came back to the publisher or the developer yeah. and you got paid on the first of each month so your cash flow just completely altered. It's a very boring topic, actually. Well, I'd but say actually, you, you say that, but I, I find that really interesting yeah. in the shifting landscapes of things yeah. and like the trends that come out. Digital is digital's enabled small companies like ours to have a place to sell uh, games, and it's allowed small developers to do the same. So it was pretty transformative. I'm sure people who are my age see it that way. Maybe people who are a bit younger don't see that because they never dealt with the old world of retail. Well, that, that's it. And don't know going down to the shop and. and yeah picking up your big box PC game that was in a container like this, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Fall Guys earlier, and that, that must have been a big boon for you. I know Epic has eventually bought it out and yep. had the publishing rights there, but that has enabled you to do a lot of things. Like you've bought a few few devs yourself to, yep. to, um, to bolster your own stock. So is, is that something that, that's on the long-term plan for Devolver to maybe acquire some studios? Ooh, um, you'd have to ask my boss. Um, <laughs> I think, like when Fall Guys, as you say, transformed everything. Um, you know, you've got to look around and see what's happening in the industry. 
some of the students we've been working with like Crow Team for a long, long time. It was a natural fit uh, for us to kind of just join forces. And some of the other teams, again, working with them for many years and it felt like a natural fit, but we're not, we're not naturally like that. It's not something that we really, you know, we weren't trying to build a company in that sense, but that opportunity presented itself. Whether we'll do more of that, I guess it's possible, but it's not something we're getting out of bed in the morning thinking about. You more want to be the conduit for the devs to get their games yeah. out. I mean, it's like seeing like Massive Monster with Call of the Lamb, that's the kind of stuff that gets you excited because you're seeing a small dev like find their audience and find their stride. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's it. I, I love like the titles that, that get put out, like um, particularly Phantom Abyss. I love that game. Yep. That was such like Indiana Jones yep. style whipping through. Like yep. it's those concepts that just yeah yeah. Like you say, um, the prototype of the game that you might submit in your pitch, and yeah. just I can imagine that just being there, and you're going, I really like. This. You can get that game. Yeah. It's one of those. It's, it's, yeah. That's a good point. When you see that game, when we saw it for the first time, you understood what they were trying to do. Mm. It's very clear. Yeah. Uh, very clear vision. Yeah. So one thing that I do love about Devolver is how you you poke fun at yourself. Like I, even on the website, and I've, I've written down some stuff here. Is like, one of the quotes on the about me section of the website is a boutique game label owned and operated by a team that replies to Slack threads with a non-stop deluge of hilarious gifts and passive-aggressive shots at one another. True. So and and the stuff like your presentations that you do, like the character Nina um, that keeps coming back, and even there was the Fork Parker series of games as well. Has that helped endear you to the public a bit more as well, do you think? I, yeah, I hope so. Um, but it is, it is kind of what you see is what you get. And that is, but I mean, when, when on the website, what you're reading there is actually the reality of my day to day. So um, yeah, hopefully we come across as here we are. That's the whole point, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, like I, said, I think if, when you're building that publicity for yourself, yeah. it, it it really helps to show that you are that approachable and you've got that sense of humour and not everything's going to be, here's the official document for no. what we're doing and yeah, and that's... that's Video really games is fun and it should seem like it's fun, you know, because it is, right? You know, all we're trying to do is just like give you a window into our life, so yeah. So going back to the panel that you were doing yesterday, like heading in, I knew your reputation and my opinion as well was that you guys are just amazing support for the devs there but there was one thing that Jay from Massive Monster said that, oh that kind of stuck with me um, and I'm going to paraphrase here a bit because I'm sure he was paraphrasing as well um, but it was he said they sent in a pitch for a game and that you guys sort of went back and went are you sure this is enough money for what you want to do so that you know, you, you, and to me that just sort of encapsulated the idea of how you look after the devs as well so you want them to make enough money to make sure their projects well, succeed. The, the thing is, is it's you know, when, when a developer's pitching, I mean, first and foremost, as I think Jay mentioned yesterday, that, they, that they're already thinking about bootstrapping everything. So he mentioned, you know, living on noodles for yeah. two years. Um, it's not a great way to be a creative person if you're struggling financially, if you're worrying about money, right? So um, bottom line is, is that it's, it's that thing where you've got to figure out what they actually need with them. So you're sitting down, it's like, if they, if they think the project's gonna take two years, we might think, actually, realistically, it's maybe more like three. And they may also have a situation where perhaps they think they only need one artist, and you think, well, actually, this game's gonna be very art-heavy. So you, we use our experience to help them understand the project 
in its totality. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that means more funding. Yeah. But it's better to have those conversations at the start than fall into a situation where they have inspected the game to the degree that they needed to and then obviously they get to that point where they're beginning to worry about money and that kills the creative process right but that's right if you're struggling at, at, to, to live and having to eat the noodles like Jay, Jay was saying that he was happy to keep doing um, yeah it, it do, does put a hamper on stuff and I just yeah. I love hearing though that story because once again it, it exemplifies how how much invested the devolver is in that well that's our I mean, that's our job right yeah. that's what we do for a living and, and helping the developer understand their project as part of the service if you want to look at it that way. So um, I think we're coming to the end of our, our time here Graham. I do want to thank you again for joining us but before, Pleasure. before we, we do part ways I do want to know is there a particular game that's coming up for Devolver that you're really excited to see get released? Um, I mean the honest answer which probably sounds a little bit like a stock answer is that whatever the next game is because you, you know we tend to be like very focused on where we are at any given moment in time so the next games that are coming up um, which we're showing a couple of them here um, you know those games have been in development for a couple of years and so it's always exciting when you get to that last piece and you guys and people here get to start playing them and you see the reaction that tends to be the thing that you focus on um, the games that are coming out next year the year after yeah they're they're kind of like there's a lot of good stuff in there don't get me wrong but yeah you don't tend to think about that until the last you know, three or four months so yeah yeah but once again thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure and i, I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your time here at bay